Hey guys, and once again, we are back with a brand new episode. Thank you for tuning in, and this week's episode should be an interesting one. As always, viewers' discretion is advised because we're talking about violence, murder, and possible drug use. This week, we are talking about the Briley brothers. The three Briley brothers, Linwood Earl, born March 26, 1954, James Jr., born June 6, 1956, and Anthony, born February 7, 1958, were brought up by their parents in Richmond's Highland Park neighborhood. Their oldest brother, Edward Jerome Boot, left the home to live with relatives in North Carolina in his early teen years and was not involved with his younger brother's later criminal activities. With their younger brother, Anthony, Linwood and James were regarded by older neighbors as young people who would help them repair cars or mow lawns. The brothers collected exotic pets such as tarantulas, piranhas, and boa constrictors. When the brothers reached their teenage years, Bertha and James split up and she moved away. James Briley Sr., reportedly the only person the brothers feared, kept his bedroom door padlocked from the inside overnight. On January 28, 1971, the first killing was committed by Linwood at 16. While alone at home, Linwood fatally shot Orlean Christine, a 57-year-old neighbor, with a rifle from his bedroom window as she was hanging out some laundry on the clothesline. The crime almost went unidentified, but her relative noticed a small bloody mark under her armpit at the viewing and asked a funeral director to re-examine the body. Upon a second examination, a small caliber bullet wound was discovered under her armpit. Standing in Christine's backyard, a detective used a sheet of plywood to represent her body with the hole cut out to represent the wound. He determined that the bullet came from the Briley residence. There, the murder weapon was found and Linwood admitted to the crime by saying, quote, I heard she had heart problems. She would have died soon anyway, end quote. Linwood was sent to reform school to serve a one-year sentence for the killing. James followed in his path and at the same age, having been sentenced to time in juvenile hall for firing upon a police officer during a pursuit. Now, let's double back to where the daddy slept with a padlock on his door that was from the inside. Um, that definitely screams red flag to me because it's only you and your two sons and if you fear your two sons like that, then they shouldn't even be in the house. I just had to say that. Let's just continue on. In 1979, the three Briley brothers and an accomplice, Duncan Eric Meekins, began the seven-month series of random killing that terrified the city and surrounding region. Their first attack occurred on March 12, 1979, when Linwood knocked on the door of a Hiroko County couple, William and Virginia Butcher. Claiming that he had car trouble and needed to use their telephone, Linwood eventually forced his way into their home. He held the couple at gunpoint and waved Anthony inside. The two Brayleys tied up the couple and robbed the house, dousing each room with kerosene after stripping it of valuables. As they left, a lit match was tossed on the fuel. The two hurriedly packed their stolen loot, a television, a CB radio, a 32 pistol, and jewelry into their truck and drove out of the area. 
William Buncher managed to free himself and his wife from their restraint, which Meekin apparently had not tied tightly enough and escaped just before the house became engulfed in flames. They would be the sole survivors of the rampage, although their cat perished in the blaze. Aw, poor cat. On March 21st, Michael McDuffie, a vending machine serviceman, was assaulted, shot, and robbed in his suburban home by the Burleys. Ten days later, on March 21st, Linwood shot and killed 28-year-old Edric Alvin Clerk over a drug dispute involving Meekin. On April 9th, the brothers followed 76-year-old Mary Gowen across town from her babysitting job. They followed her then to her house, beat, raped, robbed, and shot her. They escaped from the residence with many of her valuables. The gang saw 17-year-old Christopher Phillips hanging around Linwood's parked car on July 4th. Suspecting that he might have been trying to steal a vehicle, the gang surrounded him and dragged him into a nearby backyard. There, the three brothers wrestled him to the ground. When Phillips screamed for help, Linwood killed him by dropping a cinder block on his skull. Oh my gosh. These brothers have no remorse for human life whatsoever. We've done plenty of serial killers, but this is by far one of the cruelest we have ever talked about. On September 14th, disc jockey John Harvey, or as they would call him, Johnny G. Gallagher, was performing with his band at the South Richmond nightclub. Stepping outside between sets for a break, he came right into the hands of the Brayleys. Having been looking around town for a victim all night without success, they decided to lie in wait for whoever might happen to step outside. Gallagher was assaulted by Linwood and put into the trunk of his own Lincoln Continental. He was then driven out to the ruins of Paper Mill on Mayo Island, located in the middle of the James River, where he was removed from the trunk of his car and shot dead at gunpoint range in the head. Six dollars was taken from his wallet and divided up. Gallagher's body was then dumped into the river. The remains were found two days later. When arrested months later, Linwood was still wearing a ring stolen from Gallagher's hand. So for six dollars, you killed this guy. For six dollars, that doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe they're just out here killing for fun, obviously. On September 30th, 62-year-old private nurse Mary Wolfong was followed home to her Richmond apartment. The brothers surrounded her just outside the door, and Linwood beat her to death with a baseball bat. The brothers then entered her apartment and robbed it of all valuables. Five days later, later on October 5th, just two blocks from the Braley home on 4th Avenue, 74-year-old Blanche Page and her 59-year-old boarder Charles Gardner were murdered by the brothers. Page was bludgeoned to death while Gardner was fatally assaulted and stabbed to death with various weapons, which included a baseball bat, five knives, a pair of scissors, and a fork. The scissors and fork were left embedded in Gardner's back. The victims of the final murders were the family of Harvey Wilkerson, a longtime friend of the brothers. On the morning of October 19th, despite having promised a judge earlier that day that he would stay out of trouble while on parole, James led his brothers on the prowl that night for yet another victim. Upon seeing the brothers down the street, Workerson, who lived with his 23-year-old wife, Judy Diane Burton, who was five months pregnant at the time, and her five-year-old son, Harvey Wayne Burton. I just can't. I just need a minute. 
Oh, this action was not noticed by the brothers who then walked over to the Wilkinson's front door. Terrified by their potential response, if he was refused then entry, Wilkinson allowed them in. Both adults in the home were overpowered, bound, and gagged with duct tape. Linwin then assaulted Judy Barton in the kitchen, where she was raped within hearing distance of the others. Meekins continued the sexual assault, after which Linwood dragged Burton into the living room, briefly rummaging in the premises for valuables, and then left the house. The three remaining gang members covered their victims with sheets. James told Meekins, you got to get one, upon which Meekins took a pistol and fatally shot Wilkinson in the head. James then shot Barton to death. Harvey followed shortly. Police happened to be in the general area of the neighborhood and later saw the gang members running down the street at high speed. They did not know where the shots had been fired. The bodies were not discovered until three days later, but the brothers were all arrested soon afterwards. During interrogation by police, Meekins was offered a plea agreement in return for turning state's evidence against the Briley's. He took the offer and provided a full detailing of the crime spree. As a result, he escaped the death penalty and was incarcerated under an alias at an out-of-state prison away from the Briley brothers. Under the agreement, Meekin was given a life sentence plus 80 years, which at the time of conviction would make him eligible for parole after serving 12 to 15 years. A single life sentence with parole eligibility was handed down to Anthony Briley, youngest brother of the trio, due to his limited involvement in the killings. Because of Virginia's Trigger Man statute, both James and Linwood received numerous life sentences for murders committed during the spree, but faced capital charges only in cases where they had physically committed the actual killing of the victim. Linwood was sentenced to death for the abduction and murder of Gallagher, while James received two death sentences, one for each of the murders of Judy Barton and her son Harvey. Both were sent to death row at Meeklberg Correctional Center near Boyton in early 1980s. Linwood and James Briley were the ringleaders in the sixth inmate escape from Virginia's death row at the Meeklberg Correctional Center on May 31st, 1984. During the day, during the early moment of the escape in which a coordinated effort resulted in inmates taking over the death row unit, both Briley's expressed strong interest in killing the captured guards by dousing them with rubbing alcohol and tossing a lit match. Willie Lloyd Turner, another death row inmate convicted of murder executed by Lethal and Jackson on May 25th, 1995, stepped in James's way and blocked him from doing so. Meanwhile, Wilbert Lee Evans, on death row after being convicted of the murders of Alexandria City Sheriff, the deputy, William Truesdale, prevented Linwood from raping a female nurse. Evans was executed on October 17, 1990, despite pleas from clemency and confirmations from the Mecklenburg guards who said they owed their lives to Evans. Alexandria's Commonwealth's attorney, John Cloach opposed the clemency and Democrat Governor L. Douglas Wilder, the state's first African-American governor, ultimately denied clemency. So I don't I don't condole, you know, murders and things like that, but he actually did help the guards at that point in time. So they could have granted him clemency, but... That's just me, in my opinion. 
Um, okay. The group's initial plan was to escape into Canada. Two inmates, Lem Davis Tugler Jr., convicted of raping and murdering one woman shortly after being released from another such crime, executed by lethal injection on December 12, 1996, and Willie Leroy Jones, convicted of two capital murders, executed on September 11, 1992, almost succeeded making it as far as Vermont before being captured at gunpoint by police. The group was held at Marble Valley Correctional Facility in Rootland pending their extradition back to Virginia. Splitting off from their two remaining co-escapers at Philadelphia, the Bradleys went to live near their uncle's John Lee Council in the north of the city. They were captured on June 19th by a heavy, heavily armed group of FBI agents and police who had determined their location by placing wiretaps on their uncle's phone line. In short order, the remaining appeals ran out for both brothers. Several weeks before his execution, James Briley married Evelyn Grant Reading on March 28, 1985, in a prison ceremony attended by his father, James Sr. The brothers were executed in the electric chair at the Virginia State Penitentiary in Richmond. Linwood on October 12, 1984, and James on April 18, 1985. Linwood was survived by one son, Norman Laquan Ampey, who later served time in prison for bank robbery and died in 2015. James is survived by three daughters who live in Richmond. The brothers were buried at the Council Families Cemetery plot in Bethel, North Carolina. Anthony Ray Briley was given a life sentence with the possibility of parole as it could not be proven that he was directly responsible for any murders. He's incarcerated at Augusta Correctional Center about 20 miles outside Salton, Virginia. To date, all his applications for parole has been denied by the State Parole Board, as have those of Duncan Meekins, despite recommendations from former prosecutors Robert J. Rice and Warren Vaughn Scooch, who has cited Meekins' assistance in prosecuting and convicting the Briley brothers. I know that was definitely a mouthful and a lot of information to take in, but this one has to be one of the worst that I have ever talked about up here on Unknown Serial Killers. But this is why we do it, to learn about unknown serial killers who's out here killing people. Thank you guys for joining me this week. Please tune in next week. We will have another unknown serial killer for you guys. And of course... Be nice to people. You never know who they kill. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Bye.